we we could do something <laughs> like that again. Like, what are the top three we think for each faction for buffer slash leader, objective slash area denial, being able to kill infantry, and being able to kill vehicles? Because those seem to be the four roles a unit will fall into. We could start with world eaters. You don't have characters that buff. You don't care about objectives. Everything's good at killing infantry. Nothing's good at killing vehicles. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that's just getting started. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. And yeah, today our topic is getting started. We're actually going to be talking about the process that and, and some ideas on how to start an army in 10th edition in 2023. Here we are at the, we have our first two codexes out and kind of Re-examine the process and, you know, if anybody is interested in picking up a brand new army or maybe they've just been kind of introduced to the game or, you know, any, any or maybe you're, you're kind of burned out on your existing army and you want to, you want to go for something else or maybe you've got an army that is, isn't performing the way you want and you're going to switch it up. We're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, kind of our ideas on, on the path one might take to, to, properly do that uh but before we do get into that i would like to lodge a complaint this is going to be the one little bit of rant i'm going to allow myself and that is uh because uh this is something that actually popped up on reddit i was just looking at you know my various reddit headlines and somebody was like hey and i guess someone got their space marine data cards early oops uh, but uh, but you know we the, obviously the the review embargo has ended at this point. When by the time you hear this episode, the book should be hitting shelves. Uh, and somebody noticed something about the Space Marine Codex, specifically the Terminator Captain. The Terminator Captain in the Space Marine Codex cannot take anything other than a relic weapon or relic fist. And uh, and then, like, gun-wise is uh, combi weapon and Stormbolter. That part hasn't changed. But a Terminator captain has lost the ability to take a Thunder Hammer or a Storm Shield or dual Lightning Claws. Man, what's that like to lose uh, Terminators with Lightning Claws? That must yeah. really suck. It I, does. I, and <clears throat> I mean, yeah. you're talking about the, the HQ, the leader, right? Yes, yeah. the specifically captain in Terminator armor. Okay, because the model is is just with his relic sword and yeah, power. that's why or yeah. the yeah. gun, yeah. And so this is a topic we have we have broached this subject before, but I am really starting to it start really starting to wear on me this idea that we're going to remove options that we don't sell, especially when with an army like Space Marines 
where you have had a couple of decades with some of these kits, like weird, some of these kits are just now getting replaced. And these have been options that have been available on these kits for years and years. There are people who have built their collections. They've built characters. They've kit bashed characters or not even kit bashed. Sometimes just use the model that was available previously to build a perfectly legal choice. And now as of October 14th, that's no longer a legal choice. And that is very, very frustrating. And and again, yeah, as you mentioned, Kevin, just, you know, uh, Chaos Space Marines have had this issue for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, no, you're exactly right. Like, it's incredibly frustrating. And like I said, I, I'm not happy about it because Chaos and World Eaters, like, lost a lot of options and things like that over the years. So I'm not... I'm not happy that like space Marines are also losing some of that flexibility. Um, it's incredibly frustrating because there have been, you know, Terminator captain blood angel models with thunder hammers and, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other, you know, non specific characters that have had that equipment that were in plastic that are, you know, only a few years old. Cause I remember when they, they did the line rotation last year, whatever, you know, when they announced that, we were all surprised that like the the Blood Angels Terminator Captain with Thunderhammer was one that was in, was being removed because it was like a plastic model that wasn't that old. Clearly this is why. Like they're trying to move everything more to the generic kits. And I don't know. I yeah, I don't like it. I definitely well, don't like it. <laughs> two things I'll say on this. One is I've been looking at Terminators recently and I was actually in shock that Regular Terminators and the uh, Deathwing Terminators, their sergeants can't take power fists. And that blew my mind, because Space Wolves, you can. Um, but then to hear play Devil's Advocate, um, maybe they think that this will help balance out the point cost of the captain by removing some of these options. And if so, is this another thing of maybe we should look at points to make things granular again? Mm-hmm. No, there's a devil's advocate argument to be made of, like, options and kits change. This simplifies options. You know, it. you could just use those old models as a sergeant or as an assault terminator. Like, you you know, or you can – I'm sure there might be a Legends entry or something. So, there's arguments that, yeah, you you can still play with it. You just can't do it in tournaments and – they're trying to streamline and make tournament play a little bit more, you know, balanced. a little balanced. So, you know, I could potentially see that argument, but there's also enough things that they've done where it's like, well, we just we made this kit that we think is cool. And now we're going to bend the rules of the game to fit this kit. And I don't yeah, know. It'd be very easy to not do that. It would be very easy to yep. just be like, here's your options. And, and again, create a. Not that I want to have them create more data entries, but let's say that you wanted to have, like, be able to do differences and have them balance points differently. Terminator Captain, Assault Terminator Captain. There you go. Like, two (laughs) separate data entries, point them differently, give them different options. It's kind of dumb, but, like, that's a way. There's there's ways out of this, and they, I don't know, they, they chose one, they chose the route that I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Well, and it's like I look at I'm looking at the list of all the Terminator options available on their website, and 
if we filter out the the non uh you know like the non chaos ones we just do the imperium ones who are also not like gray knights or custodes and the relic terminators cuz we got to filter those out too uh i mean you've got the assault squad the librarian and terminator armor the re- the regular term or the new terminator squad the deathwing terminator squad which is going to feel kind of chibi compared to the new terminators oh, but it, nothing it that hasn't happened before yeah uh, the Blood Angels Librarian, the Chaplain in Terminator Armor, which is the old, or no, that's the new one up for pre-order, and like the Wolfguard Terminators, the Blood Angels Terminator Assault Squad, which is temporarily out of stock online, and that, and then like you get like Nyal, who's a fixed character, but Nyal's fine cast though, so yeah, was... but like the Blood Angels uh, Terminator Squad is. Yeah, it's so it's basically a I think a regular Terminator squad with some well no they're different poses. Yeah, they're very different poses, I, but they I they have guess, options for uh, claws I would, and uh, hammers. I would guess that they're gonna get when the Blood Angels Codex comes out, there will be a new assault Terminator kit with like a Blood Angels upgrade sprue that will rescale the assault Terminators and like change around some of the options and maybe do like what happened with chaos where you get a pair of lightning claws and that's all you can take in the unit i don't know yeah but it's it's like this especially gets to the like one of the hearts of the hobby and i think you know we've we've mentioned this kind feeling like it's kind of peeling away as we've gone to like more mono duo or triple build kits where it's like hey this body can make these three options and this body can make these two options you know stuff like that and sometimes that's a neat way to dual purpose the minis like what they did in the inquisitorial henchman squad you know where mm-hmm. it's like you can make two very different characters out of this body or you see that in a lot of the kill team boxes as well but when you do that you're getting rid of kit bashing like you're discur- actively discouraging kit bashing which is a funny thing because it's something that games workshop has historically highly promoted on their site and so like the idea of hey i'm gonna buy one of these like special terminator boxes and maybe i'll kit bash a captain out of it because like i'll get the bits that i need out of that and 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 make something unique and special it really seems like that's kind of going away and i don't know if that is because you know partially it's they're trying to do more dynamic models so you have parts that will you have more and more parts that will only fit in particular ways but i also like i i just have to wonder is this a reaction to something else like what is the decision making behind this to basically I don't want to say kill that part of the the hobby because they do still encourage it in other cases, but it does seem like it kind of guts it a bit. Well, I'll, I'll toss out my two things here first because I heard Kevin dying. Um, <laughs> one is I like we had a new player at our store yesterday when we did Combat Patrol, and what we said about orcs is if you want to kit bash pick orcs because nobody cares what an orc looks like because you can just put a whatever pieces on it's it's going to be considered an orc um the other thing i'll say from my experience because 
when I guess I don't know how many editions ago, when you had characters that didn't have models but they had rules for, um, you had to figure out what you wanted yours to look like. And I remember for Eldar, it was like warlocks and jet bikes. What do I do with that? And so I I kind of got some dire Avengers and used those pieces and that much. Nowadays, if I tried to do well, even then, that's more expensive than just buying a model. So financially, it's if you're not into kit bashing, this saves you a lot of money if you don't have to buy two boxes just to kit bash one model out. Yeah. I'm glad that GW is moving away from like not having, you know, units without models. I, I do like that they're, you know, much more, you know, that they've got models for everything now. Like we've already gone through all of the, you know, stripping out model units that didn't have models and things like that and kind of gone through that pain. So I do like that, you know, here's the model, here's the, you know, the rules to support it. I wonder if, I wonder if this is a reaction to like 3d printing because it was so easy for a lot of printers to do bits to do kit bash conversions. So, you know, let's say, as you mentioned, Dennis, you know, I want to buy this unit and this unit. So I got to buy two of these boxes and spend, you know, $120 to make one character to get the stuff that I need. Or if you have the means or if you know somebody that has it, or if you go to, you know, Shapeways, um, you know, you could just like, oh, I need a left-handed power fist. Okay. Oh, I can buy it for $4 and have it shipped to me, or I can just print it myself. I, I wonder if it's an, if it's an, intentional act to try to subvert that part of the community. And if it is, it's not going to work. <laughs> like uh, people are, it's just going to drive more people towards that stuff. I think because it is a creative hobby. People want to have their own unique models with their own personalities um, and kit bashing or bits printing or conversions is just part of it. I, I, I feel like, Maybe there's also an element of like rules clarity and not having as many data sheets. Because we remember the reaction when Space Wolves had two legal data sheets for Rune Priests and how well that went over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good time either. Like, like. I mean, in that sense, this is like an overcorrection, but yeah, like, I don't know. No, I, I think it is an overcorrection if that is the case, if that's kind of what they're going for. It's like, well, we're going to streamline things and make it easier and and we're going to produce the kits that just have those options so it'll be nice and easy and no one will feel bad that they can't take you know cuz i i have to wonder how much of that is like well this is somebody who bought the leviathan box or the strike force octavius box and it's like well i have a terminator captain and he's only got this why can't i have that option and that option yeah well we'll just take those options away well that's great for the people who bought the new kit but now you've overcorrected and and ruined everything for everyone else yeah. Uh, and if it's, you know, you know, Kevin, you mentioned, you know, driving people more towards uh, 3D printing, you know, 3D printing bits, or in this case, you know, I could see people, you know, more and more people are moving to, I'm going to 3D print alternate models. Like, there's plenty of people who are doing not Space Marines 
on like my mini factory and Colts 3D. Like, I just backed a Kickstarter for Void for uh, Voidkin. Uh, yeah, like Space Dwarfs or something like that. I think is what it was officially called. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, like one page rules as an entire like Space Dwarves army that they're dropping right now. Uh, you know, you can just buy the STLs and pick up all of that. And, you know, it's got plenty of analogs for the things that GW are putting out. There's, uh, I mean, hell, uh, uh, Dave from Mini Wargaming, they, like, people are starting to receive their Ravage Stars shipments yeah, from that Kickstarter. And they're available as, like, and now Mini Wargaming is selling, like, STLs for, you know, to download and print yourself. So... Yeah, it's like if you push people away from being able to build and play the things they want, or especially the things they already have, you are going to push them into the arms of competitors. Because we are now living in a world where we have there's a lot more mini agnostic games available than there have been pretty much ever. Although um, I was watching an older video from uh, you know Uncle Adam. And uh, he was because he he just did a video about one page rules and trying to rebuild his Imperial Guard in one page rules because he was going to basically escalate a combat patrol. And then they changed the points on him and his list wasn't legal anymore for a thousand points. So he's like, well, can I recreate it in one page rules? And then I watched another video that was basically talking about like mini agnostic games. And once upon a time, every game was mini agnostic because nobody was really in the business of making models for their own war game and now we're kind of getting back into that where there's plenty of mini agnostic options and if you get if somebody gets burned out by like well you've rendered a bunch of my options no longer legal and of course games workshop is in the business of selling you more models (laughs) to replace what you've can no longer run uh some people are going to say now i'll just go play the game where i can play what i want to run and I don't think that's a that's a great strategy for GW. I think this hurts them or, like in multiple ways. Here's a crazy option for the future. Maybe GW puts out kits like normal, but in addition to those kits, they have STL files that you can buy off their site for as upgrades that then you can print on your own. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I don't think GW will ever do that for for a couple of reasons. Um, a, they're kit manufacturer. Like that's, I don't think True. they, they're large <laughs> enough that it won't benefit them to sell STLs. The other part of it, and I, I, this is the part of the thing that I actually think is the bigger problem and the thing that will prevent them from doing this. GW is very proud of the models they make. They're very like high quality. They're very detailed. They're very specifically GW. It deludes that to put those out into the wild as STLs and have any anybody that has a 3D printer that may not know how to like do it properly. Uh, and I include myself in that because I am still absolutely learning how to like make good things on a printer. Um, you're going to wind up getting GW official models that are misprinted or look different or modified and i don't know that they want to do that from a brand standpoint Um, that's fair as someone who doesn't have any 3d printing experience did not know that but there's still all the issues that we've seen with the fine cast 
<laughs> oh, for for sure. But like, I think I think the way the GW looks at their models currently, they have not always done this in the past. Is they they really value their quality control to the point that like, if you know, I've had times where like I got a kit and I'm like, hey, this you know sword snapped in shipping or whatever, and they'll just send me another kit. Like, hey, you know, yeah, we'll send you a replacement. Or, you know, this this mold was was bad and this model like isn't there. They'll you know, they'll they'll fix it because they wanna want people to have that are paying the money for it to have, you know, high quality models that that meet their standards. Once they release that into the wild for 3D printing, you lose control of that. And I think that's the bigger hang up that'll prevent them from doing it. But I don't I could be wrong. You know, maybe maybe we get to a point in you know, some undetermined future, you know, point in the future where 3D printing is so ubiquitous and so easy that even an idiot like me can can do it, you know, and even a caveman can do it. Yeah. Press, you know, press button, get model. And it's, you know, high quality and standardized and, you know, and there's no fails because like, I mean, with all the 3D printing I've done and I and I said, I'm not good at it. I'm not, you know, very deep into it. I have spent so many hours printing stuff and then having it fail or having to reprint it because it didn't come out right. So, you know, 3D printing in and of itself is its is its own hobby. It's a supplement to this hobby, but I don't think it's a full replacement because there's a lot of people who are not going to want to spend the time like on us on another hobby, at least in its current state, because of just how much there. And I think that's a big part of it. Yes, you can get if you're really good at it and you spend a lot of time on it, you can get 3D printed models that look exactly and indistinguishable from GW models. But that is a lot of time and a lot of work. And I don't know that most people are going to want to put that in there. And then that, like I said, that runs the risk of diluting the quality of what they put out in the market. Right. Although I will say um, One Page Rules is now partnering with a company called Only Games, which is a division of my mini factory, to sell you... pre-printed SD like they will print the models oh, that's for cool. you and send them to you I so they're like you can buy units of like five like I'm looking at their Necron analogs the uh, robot legions like a unit of five war- robot warriors is 22 bucks you know 3D printed so it's like even a unit of 10 is still going to be cheaper than buying a box from GW their characters they're selling for like 10 bucks a piece which I mean, GW would sell the equivalent model for 20 to 35. And One Page Rules does, like, the armies tend to be about half the size that they are for GW because of how their point scaling works. Now, I am not here to promote One Page Rules. I have issues with the game design itself. I'm not, like, I still want to give it a try, but I just, like, they can't figure out how to get flamers right because they don't have a two-wound roll. They can't make them auto hit, but they make them hit on twos. But if they make them too powerful because there's no wound roll, you can kill vehicles with flamers. Fire purifies all. It does, apparently. So, like, they've had to, like, make them, you know, I think it's like it hits and then it, like, they gave it the blast keyword, like, blast three. So every hit does three hits, but it only gets one attack, so the most you can get is three hits, but only if the model unit... Ha- you can only do as many hits as the unit has models, so a flamer can at most hurt three model. It's... And because it's considered too good, 
like I have a unit of Tau Crisis suits that are Flamer, Plasma, and Burst Cannon. I can only have the the way they have it set up is you can have one Flamer in the unit. If you want more flamers, then you have to trade out two weapons to get one flamer because they're considered too good because of the game system. It's a mess. I cannot, I still cannot legally, they've made some tweaks, but I still can't recreate any of the crisis suits I have built over the years in their system. And it's, it's like, well, that's a game breaker for me. It's like, I'm not going to, I won't play if I, just like with GW, I, you know, it's frustrating that I can't legally play the model I have OPR is like, yeah, well, I still can't legally play these models at least with like on one hand, OPR isn't making the kits, but on the other hand, they have full control of the rules. They could update it at any time. So it sucks. But yeah, with GW, I'm just like, would you, you know, like stop taking away legal options? Like I, we, you know, it's one thing to legends. Somebody's, like legend, a unit we don't sell anymore. That nobody's really like nobody's really missing the stalker and hunter tanks. Those you know being legended. Eh, I mean, it sucks for the Wait, people who bought away? them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, no one did because no one cares. But yeah, starting to take like options that were legal in the book, and now the same data sheet is is changed and it's no longer a legal build, despite the fact that it's been legal for decades is, is a problem. And yeah, I just, I, I, other than telling GW, just don't do that. I don't think there's a fix. You know, GW would just have to stop doing that. Uh, anyway, that was, that was my complaint and my rant. I just like that, that little thing. And, and, you know, Something when we were chatting about this, you know, outside recording, as we brought up, um, you know, because we, we, this also got us chatting about like Primaris and like what is that doing to people's collections. And, you know, we mentioned some of these changes in our Codex review about how, like, hey, your uh, Primaris chaplain has lost a, or your chaplain has lost a bunch of mo- options because they merged it with the Primaris chaplain and the Primaris chaplain doesn't have any options. But uh, it's like, once again, we must remind ourselves that Games Workshop is a corporation. It is not and has never been your friend. There are some perfectly wonderful people who work for it. But the company itself has one goal in mind. Make money for its investors. (laughs) Now, if it can do that by making players happy, and it has found it tends to make more money when it makes players happy than when it doesn't, then they're going to try to mostly do that. But in the end, they're more concerned about moving plastic and moving books. And that's what they're going to do. I'm not saying that to say, like, I won't buy their product because almost like any corporation is going to like, if I had cut out all my core, all the corporations out of my life, I would likely starve to death. Yeah. (laughs) That said, if GW thinks that uh, a way for them to sell more products is to send us to Nottingham to like tour the st- like, we're f- good with that. We will totally do that. <laughs> oh my god! I am. I can criticize a corporation and admit that I'm a corporate shill. <laughs> I can. I can carry those two thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, just remember, GW is trying to to sell you product and yeah. make money off of it. 
if there are ways, you know, and you don't necessarily have to fall into that trap, but know that it's going to affect the way they develop their products and, and it will impact things that you thought you didn't have to spend any money on because you've had it already. So just be aware. Speaking of spending money, let's talk about how you can start a new army. Uh, this is getting a little bit of cognitive whiplash there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but to be to be honestly fair, to be absolutely fair, this is still a very fun game. It is still a fun game, and whether you are a player who is wanting to get into it and you're trying to figure out where to start, or you are a player who has been playing and either you're looking for something new, your current army just isn't hitting for you or you're going to switch into a new style of play and you're like well now i you know maybe the what i have isn't really suited for that like hey maybe you're a sisters player and you want to get into high-end tournament play because uh, that's not happening right now i mean and, and we'll talk about this a little bit at least the the meta is better than it was it's way more diverse now eldari is still probably a little too good but a lot more armies are making it to the podium so it's you know it's in a much better spot than it was but maybe you just want to change something up. Uh, we, this is our preferred enemies t- guide to starting an army in 2023. And I, I and like all of us have started new armies. Dennis, you have started uh, two armies in basically the last year or so. <laughs> two armies this year, three armies last year. It I have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a couple of those armies you kind of just fell into because, like, Dark Angels just kind of happened to you. Yeah, Dark Angels kind of did. Uh, technically, the Knights and Renegades Knights kind of did because I'd been sitting on a box of that uh, like for years that I bought the box, but because I wanted to make that Eldar Knight. Uh, and then when finally I just did the plunge and picked up just a couple extra to fill it out, and I had an army. Um, others were. GW planned, like the Votan was definitely GW said, here, here's the army you've been making fun of. Now yeah, play yeah, it. Yeah, GW did that to you on purpose. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but then Sisters was the one that started my uh, six new armies, which, um, and that's one I made a conscious decision on. I planned out, here's the units I want. And pretty much I've only bought the units I wanted and I have not expanded into most of the range. So. there's lots of styles to just do that to kind of fall into something or to kind of say, Hey, this is a new thing. I want everything, which you can do with like Photon because there was only like 12 units or something. It's very small. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, it's like whether an army happens to you or whether you, you decide on an army, I'd say the, the first thing you need to do when your very first thing, when you are planning on starting a new army is to figure out what, what are you wanting to do with this army? Is this an army that you just like, you know what? I've been thinking about this one and I just want to kind of doodle, you know, just play around with my friends, like play some garage hammer, try this thing out. Like I'm, it just looks fun. It looks neat. And I, uh, I, you know, want to, I want to try it out. Or maybe you're looking to do more of like pickup or tournament play. Now, what I mean by that is not necessarily you're going to a tournament to gun for the top spot, but you're going to a tournament because it's a chance to 
get several games in in a weekend and you want to have an army that can at least put up a decent matchup or and for pickup play you want to have an army that like if you put it against some random other player at a store you won't necessarily get rolled all the time like you want to actually make you know you're wanting to build an army that can you know hold its own decently well or maybe you are wanting to go for that high-end tournament play like maybe you you are a sisters player or a world eaters player and you're just like ah well the world eaters hasn't been doing too badly either lately i think sisters are still pretty pretty bottom of the barrel but like maybe you're wanting you know you're wanting to play an army that uh, maybe it's only mid but you want to take it up you know, go for those top tables. Or maybe you're more of a narrative player and you want to build something just like you've had a concept in your mind and you want to build something out that that's cool and tells a story. But it's like whatever you're doing, figure out why you're doing it because that is going to shape everything else you do from yeah. the, like from this point. I feel like... Uh recommendation for if you want to do like a high-end tournament army don't (laughs) because like by the time you get it purchased put together and and painted like the points and the rules will change Right, and that that is something I, I uh, that's when you're picking an army. Like once you you figured out what your goal is, and now you're gonna pick an army. One of the things I have on my list is do not meta chase. Do not meta chase at all, um, because as Richard pointed out, like the rules and points change. When and fortunately, we now have barring any like sudden changes because something is broken as hell. Eldari was, for example. Uh, we will we can expect scheduled balance changes twice a year and points will change quarterly so any given army you have is going to be legal as it is for 3 months at a time and yeah richard you're absolutely right by the time you have put together your army you've gotten it assembled you've gotten it painted um that might actually unless you are doing like marathon hobby work that's probably not going to be the list you end up with by the time you're done with it. And especially if you're going for like high in terms of like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick an Eldari list because Eldari are doing really, really well. If you had made that decision in like late July or mid or early August, um, remember top performing armies pull the biggest changes, which means that list that you, you planned out, mm, you're probably not using that anymore. Or not, you know, you're going to maybe use two-thirds of it. So uh, be aware of that. If you are going for tournament wins, don't just look at, well, that's the list that's doing well, so I'm going to build that list. Look for why they're performing well. Look at what what are the strategies in play. What How are armies working? Like, spend a little bit of time. And we another part of this is doing research. You know, figure out, like, why like why are people picking the units they're picking and see if you can apply that to what is appealing to you and and as far as what appeals to you um maybe the concept of the army maybe you're like i world eaters i like the idea of a bunch of blood crazed berserkers that could also be the aesthetics of the army you like the the look of a bunch of blood crazed berserkers um maybe you like people who uh, use high-tech forces, in which case Tau or Votan might be a very good pick for you. Maybe you you like a more mystical aspect, so Eldari is kind of the thing that works for you. 
Um, or gameplay wise, like sometimes something can appeal to you aesthetically, but it's like the the gameplay isn't there. Like you may like giant robots, but maybe you want to actually also fight too. So maybe Tau isn't the right pick if you want to if you enjoy getting up close to somebody. Chaos um, knights, giant robots, ca- melee. Yeah. yeah. See, there, ah, yeah, so there's see, other options. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, figure out like what what works for you. And remember, rule of cool. Like sometimes you might just be drawn to like, hey, that looks cool. I want to can I make an army of those that cuz that just looks cool. I I think in most cases, um if you're if you're looking, you know, to start a new army or, you know, and you're not and you're not trying to do like the high-end tournament play or like something very specific. If you're just like New edition, I would like to pick a new army and learn about it and things like that. I would go more for the aesthetics than gameplay or rules or points, simply because you're going to be spending a lot of time with the army. You're going to be building it. You're going to be painting it. You're going to be playing with it. You're going to be practicing it, you know, doing, transporting it around, doing things like that. And if you don't like the aesthetic, that's a lot of time and effort to put into something that you don't really care about. Like... When when I first joined, you know, the hobby back in fourth edition, um, I basically had the option of like, I think they had the Armageddon boxes or the, like the army boxes out. I had the option to go with like Tyranids or Tau, and I'm like, big, awesome, like you know, fleshy monsters or you know, smooth, high tech tanks. And I chose Tau because I liked that aesthetic, and I thought it would be more fun to like paint a bunch of models in that style than it would be to do, you know, the, the Tyranid stuff. So I think, you know, aesthetics is, if I was, you know, looking at these things, like aesthetics is probably the thing that I would rank higher and kind of like weight more than some of the other stuff, just simply because you're going to be spending so much time with the models. And if you don't like the models, then you're not going to enjoy the hobby part of it. This is yeah, very true. Like if you, if you, you know you have a function, you know a very well functioning army that you can't stand to look at, yeah. it's not necessarily gonna really motivate you to to keep doing it. Right, and and like points and rules will change, but those models will keep looking the way they look. This is yep. very true. <laughs> that is true. And especially if they're Eldari Aspect Warriors, they will look that way for decades. <laughs> <laughs> At least they still look cool. They did. Some of them do. still do, yes. Yeah. Some of the Phoenix Lords feel a little tiny, though. <laughs> uh, give them ten more years and we'll get all the rest of them souped up. There Tactical you go. rocks for everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, that's, we, we mentioned points. Do your research, too. Like, take a look at... If you are an army that, since we are in a transition period, uh, not all armies, in fact, only two armies are currently uh, with Codex right now. Um, If you're wanting to play play an army that does not have a Codex out, uh, download the index. You know, give that a few reads. Take a look at, like, what what is their rules? What what units do they have? Because fortunately, most of those entries will have a photo of that particular model. So it's like you can kind of look through and it's like, okay, that thing that looks cool, well, what does it do? Um, and of course the, the rules, if you are not currently a player, the rules are all, the core rules are all available for download. Um, but yeah, if, if this is an army that's still only available digitally, download that index, download that PDF. Cause one thing about that PDF is it may go away at some point, but once you have a co- downloaded copy, you can always like look at that. 
Um, if it's a Codex army, so right now Tyranids or Space Marines, um, don't rush out and buy the Codex yet. I wouldn't do that until you get to like actually buying your army. When you're just trying to figure out your army, take a look at other people's reviews of it. Uh, look at like Goonhammer always has very good in-depth reviews about what things do. Look at Reddit, look at, you know, find discords, things like that. Talk to people about what what do these things do? Is that like what, because that'll also kind of give you insight into the next step, which is actually making your plan. Like, okay, so I've, you've decided on an army. You like, you, you've decided like this army fits the look, this army fits what you want to get out of it. Now it's time to make, make a plan on like, what am I going to do? How am I going to buy this? Cause it can be very tempting to just walk into a candy store, in this case a GW store, your friendly local game store, and say, I want that, 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 and want to buy everything on the shelves for that army. Don't do that. <laughs> that is a bad idea. You will overwhelm yourself. Damn, that's where I messed up. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, no, uh, put together a list on paper. Like, when you are buying an army, figure out what that army is going to look like and decide on that on a starting game size. Are you going to start at 2,000 points, which is standard tournament size? Most people play 2,000-point games. Or do you want to just do, like, what, like or maybe you and your friends are getting together, like, we're going to do 1,000 points. Uh, or maybe you decide, hey, I'm just going to stick with Combat Patrol, in which, good news, your plan is done. If you are doing combat patrol, all the hard decisions have been made for you. Uh, but otherwise, if you are picking a game size, so let's say a 2,000 point list, you are you are going to make a 2,000 point list because you want to be able to do pick up play and maybe go attend local tournaments. So you you decide I'm going to build a 2,000 point list. Build a list using the indexes or information you've gotten from the codex. Unfortunately, the the points document also is freely available, and that's going to be important for determining what you build and how much you can fit into 2,000 points. So build a list that suits those goals that you've set up. Like, what am I doing? What do I like? What do I like about this army? What do I want my army to do? Uh, figure out a list that does that. And again, bring in that that research. You know, look at indexes, even if it's like an older index, or you know, if you have to go to some websites that I won't necessarily name that uh, give you that information. You know, whatever you need to do um, to find out, like what do those what do those do? What you know, what do I need to do? Build your list to that like two thousand, like in this case, a two thousand point standard. Or once you've got your two thousand point list done. Figure out another 10 to 20%. So another two to 400 points. Now, some people will be like, oh, no, build your, and I think in the past we've even said like, build that 2000 point list and, and that'll be your starting point. I, because we are now in the age of quarterly point updates, that's a bad idea. Because I have seen so many people, especially from some of the lo lower performing armies that when like the big data slate hit with massive point changes across the board, a lot of people were saying, ah, crap, my army's not legal anymore. My, uh, my, my 2000 point army is now only like 1700, 1800 points. And now I have to fig figure out another 200 points to throw in. Give yourself some overage. 
And there's a couple of reasons. One, because point lists can and will make your list not 2,000 points anymore. That's just, that is going to happen. The other thing is it gives you some backup plans because you are going, that first list is not likely to do everything you want it to out of the gate. So maybe get a couple extra units that you were on the fence about. Or if you're a Voton player, that's the one case where I'd say buy all the units because that by that point, there's not that many to pick. But have a few, have a couple of other options so that you can either retool your list if you're in the middle of working on it and suddenly that 2000 point list is either gone over or gone under. And also, to have a couple of things to swap out once you get some games under your belt. Yeah, probably a really good idea to have like extra character options because those are generally smaller point increments and those will make make it easier to like if you're in one of the higher performing armies and your points go up a whole bunch and you have to cut points then you may end up with like, you know, a 50 point hole that you have to fill. And, and then, you know, you have an extra like little character that you can like throw in to fill that gap. Yes, exactly. And also be aware of things like enhancements can also like, that's something that doesn't even need to be modeled necessarily. That's a good way to fill those like 10, 20, 30 point gaps. But so don't don't fret if you don't hit exactly 2000 with you, just your models. You will have a little bit of range, a little bit of wiggle room you can play with. But yeah, have some overage, a character to maybe like one or two units or like infantry units or a vehicle that you thought was kind of cool, but you can't quite fit in. But I wouldn't go wild with it. Like, you know, keep it to around no more than like 20 percent of uh it is very rare for an army to change that much. It can happen, like we saw it with this mass, this most recent change. But even then, if you had, if you were a Tau player and you had picked up twenty four hundred points, well, you could probably now fit most of that into your two thousand point list because your list probably dropped by two to three hundred points. So that that just kind of gives keeps you covered just in case, gives you some options to swap things out. Like you said, Richard, if you end up with, uh, like, oh, this character is now too expensive, but I can maybe tweak out, you know, switch out this character for them or fit them in in addition or things like that. Also, do not forget, it is okay to pick a unit just because you think it's cool. It doesn't have to be the most effective unit. You do not have to... Like, hyper-optimize your list, especially if you're just starting out. If you think that, you know, Mog and Raw and Dark Reapers are cool for Eldari, buy Mog and Raw and Dark Reapers. It's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, most metalists don't run it. Don't care. If you think it looks cool, run it. If you want to run it. If you think... If, if you think... Um, well, I'd say a lot of the stuff in, in Tau is pretty decent right now, but it's like, if you like Vespid and we have, we have crapped on Vespid for years and years and they're actually okay right now, but it's like, if you like the idea of like insects with mind melting guns, buy, you know, and you can find them buy a unit of Vespid. Um, if you like, uh, you know, we you know we did our review of the Space Marine Codex. Like, if you like bikes, if you think I want to do an Outrider army, well, I don't know if it's good, but I want to give it a try. Go for it. You know, 
feel like if you see stuff that you think looks cool or that you just think does cool things, it's okay to put that in. Do not feel bad about that. Do not feel like you have to build the perfect optimized list because unless you are already a very high-end, very practiced player who this this checklist does not really apply to you, you probably already have access to any armies you're likely to want. Yeah, just put something in because you think it's neat. Or sometimes even some of those players will put things in as a challenge, like, hey, can I win with this list? I've seen that reported a lot of times, too. So, yeah, have have some fun. Pick pick the list that you want to build and then build a little bit of overage just in case, you know, with points changes. Yeah, and like a uh, uh, I'll give a specific example for like the army that I'm doing right now. I'm doing a World Eaters Army for the 2000 point Grand Narrative in November. And yeah, I basically had the list because it's all heavily converted and stuff like that. I had the list planned out and then they dropped the point changes, you know, and hit World Eaters like pretty well. I was able to add like two full units, which is good, you know, so I can get more stuff on there. But also meant that I have to go get more units and, you know, and, and, convert them up and stuff like that. So, you know, in this case, this is a very specific, like I'm building a 2000 point ish army for crusade play for this event. Uh, but even then, you know, where I was like, I don't think I have to get many more things. Yeah. I had to go get some more things because there's always, always changes that happen. And I will echo that as well. We talked about Votan get everything. Cause there's so few models. I already have everything for the Votons, and for um, most of it, I've got the multiples of enough that I would ever need. But also, for the same narrative event, they've dropped the Voton points. And so I'm like, huh, yep. I'd wanted these extra things. I didn't think I'd ever be able to field them the way the points were. So, yeah, I now have a second Land Fortress I have to, well, just paint, because I've already got it put together and primed. Um, but yeah, the points will fluctuate leading to needing more or less of models for the table. Yeah. So as also as a lesson for people just to like, you know, not overbuy things. I also have a second land fortress that I found in my garage this weekend. Oh, nice. Just, just <laughs> kicking around Sagittarius. <laughs> no, I did. I still don't have any extra Sagittarius, but I was like, I bought a land fortress recently because I was like, well, I know I want this and I don't think I'd bought one. And then it turns out I had, <laughs> <laughs> if you find the I need a better, let me know. I need a better organization <laughs> system for my I would say this is not the first time this has happened to you. <laughs> right. No, Kevin it has is a not. black hole of minis, if, which he just if pulls you notice I've and... if you notice I've been mostly silent when Rob is talking about planning out your army. There's a reason for that. <laughs> no, you, you do the planning of that model looks cool. You, you just don't care what faction. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, there's that. I mean, it was a Voton army, and I did say Voton get a pass because you can just buy everything for Voton, so we'll allow it this time. World Eaters have much the same thing. It's like, just buy all the World Eaters stuff because there's not enough of it. Right. (laughs) But especially if you are an Imperium army, for the most part, you will have decisions you have to make. So Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Once you've got this list, plus your overage kind of picked out and decided upon... Now it's time to actually, you know, pony up and buy your army. Now, fortunately, there's a number of options you can go with. Uh, First off, shop around. Like, don't just immediately go to the GW store unless that is your only option, which is highly unlikely. But uh, 
because one thing is like if you have a friendly local game store where especially if it's one that supports play put your money into into your friendly local game stores help support them you know the whole pay where you play thing is 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 true for a reason um they they depend on that kind of financial support and many not all but many uh local game stores and independent stockists offer discounts like a lot of times you'll see like a 10 10% or more discount on sometimes specifically on GW products uh so if you can uh buy the components of your army there that is like i that is like the most ideal way i would say to go about it um on the other hand games workshop they they do not offer discounts inside their own store and there's legal reasons for that seeing as they are also the producer of their own product so there's some laws in some areas where they would run afoul if they basically undercut other you know stockists so games workshop is not going to offer you really any discounts however they do have combat patrols and they do have the occasional seasonal bundle or launch box or you know, special two, you know, two player release box that might have the models you're looking for. Um, if you are shopping at Games Workshop, though, especially if you're shopping online, get those orders in quickly because lately they have been underproducing a lot of a lot of highly, de- you know, kits that are highly in demand bundles, especially. I remember last year we looked at the ha- the Christmas bundles and we're like, these are really cool for starting. An- oh, and they're gone. Okay. Well, and the reason for that is, as you just said, Rob, these are, their bundles are the best deals that they will put out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people wait just for those. Very true. I mean, like, and the the better ones, like the Custodies one last year phenomenal like it was a it was an absolutely wonderful deal that and like i think we said like that in a combat patrol and you're done you're effectively I done mean, buying custodes army i am still a little kicking myself for not picking it up especially when i saw it but i had my choice of it or the boarding actions box and i went with boarding actions which i still think is a good choice and i'll get the rest of those custodes someday maybe they'll have another right. box this winter <laughs> sadly the boarding patrol boxes are all gone they stopped like they were a one and done kind of deal which makes me kind of sad if you want one i there's a couple places i can pick up one for you here <laughs> I, i'm not looking for one in particular but Fair. i just I, I i think as an alternate starting point it was a really good like having an an alternate to build to the combat patrol was really nice and i understand why they stopped because boarding patrol ended up being just kind of a blip and you'll miss it unfortunately yeah i hate saying this as well but it really feels like it was a filler product between editions and so now we know that oh if we start seeing alternate ways to play that means a new edition's coming Mm. (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's not just gw you see that in rpgs as well where like true When you start getting into some of the really more like esoteric and limited, like here's the way to add like this very niche thing into this, and I'm like yeah, you're you're close to a new edition. <laughs> well, and I it like I th- I get the impression it added some neat stuff to Kill Team, like with the terrain, and Boarding Patrol almost feels like well, how can we cash in on that for main 40k? Like in in retrospect, and it, it just feels like. And we'll use it here too, but we're not really going to do any ongoing support other than we'll put out a PDF that will tell you how to use it in 10th, kind of. 
So right, which yeah. it was still fun. I don't regret it. I wouldn't mind playing it again. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, yeah, it was sure. fun. I just wish they had. I wish it hadn't felt like a flash in the pan in retrospect. But eh, it is what it is. Remember, GW is not your friend. They're here to make money. Uh, if your list can use the combat patrol for an army, definitely go for that because it is the best regularly available value they're going to offer. Like if it, if the combat patrol has stuff that you want to use for your list and uh, if it's def, it's, it's almost always a good starting point. And Kevin, you have actually done a breakdown of how the combat patrols, uh, work point wise. And, like, roughly, like, what kinds of units they include. Yeah. Yeah, so I did the same thing with the get starting boxes, you know, and the combat patrols in ninth edition, where I was just kind of tracking them to see, like, what the value was, you know, what the, you know, kind of points per cost and things like that, and, like, what units you get. Um, so I went through and I did that again with all the combat patrols, because while the combat patrol rules are balanced so that when you play combat patrol, all of the, the options are the same – there's still some flexibility in there. Um, you know, when you build these lists out in using 40K rules, um, some of them are as cheap as 370 points. Some of them are as much as, you know, 600 points. Um, so you're definitely getting like a variety of uh, value, you know, kind of difference in value with those. Um, also, you know, there's some of them that have as few as, you know, seven models. Uh, if you're doing like the Grey Knights list, um, you know, one of them is... Uh, uh, dreadnought, you know, dreadnight. So, you know, that balances out, but all the way up to things like if you're doing the world, uh, not world leaders, uh, death guard, it's almost 40 models. It's a lot of pox walkers, but you know, if you're looking for just model count, that's a great way to get started. And if there's specific units you're looking for in a combat patrol, that's a great way to get started. Most of these combat patrols will start with one or two characters. Which you were going to need regardless. Like you were going to need a leader to to run your force. Most most combat patrols will have a battle line unit or two. Um, there's a couple that have three, like the uh, the world leaders one, because there's so few options. Everything in there's you know other than the character is is battle line. Uh, the space the yeah space marine strike force Octavius. Uh, doesn't have any battle line, but you've got a lot of Terminators. So that's kind of your trade-off there. But you'll typically get a character, one to two battle line units, and then a couple of other different types of units, whether that be infantry or dedicated transports or like a tank or a big monster. Um, So I think for the most part, they're pretty valuable to like get a good feel for your army. And they come in, like I said, around between like 400 to 600 points. So if you buy one, you're, you know, if you're planning on playing a thousand points or 2000 points, one, you know, one of these, or in some cases, two of these, or in like the space Marine case, which we talked about before, like uh, in, you know, in previous editions talking about these, if you buy like the death watch combat patrol and the blood angels combat patrol and the space wolves combat patrol, you get different units. And like, that's a pretty good, good like spread of options you get you get like a uh, uh, dreadnought or the the not dreadnought walker that's totally a dreadnought i forget what it's called the invictus war the invictor war suit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, what is the name of it it's a war suit uh yeah so you basically get a dreadnought and you get tanks and you get aggressors and you get scout infantry and reavers so like you get a variety of things so if that's the list you want to build 
that is a great way to get started by looking at a couple of these different space marine forces and going, okay, if I add this and I add this and I add this together, that gets me 90% of the way to an army. And instead of spending 600 bucks, I may only have to spend, you know, 200 or 300 bucks to buy two of these. Um, and there's cases where like doubling up on stuff would be good. Uh, there's other cases where it's not like the, the Death Guard one is a great value model wise. I wouldn't recommend doubling up on it because it's a named character and a bunch of poxwalkers that you're probably not going to want to use four units of poxwalkers, you know. So the, there's there's some variety in there. It really kind of depends on which one you're looking at, but just be aware that if it comes with a named character, which I believe only a couple of them do, I think it's just the uh Death Guard and Thousand Sons. Actually, no, Thousand Sons. Thousand Sons. Doesn't yeah, come with Armon anymore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it might actually only be the Death Guard one that comes with an actual named character. And everything else, like, you have the option to use, you know, the leader in a generic capacity. So, you know, there's a lot of things where it might be the option to double up. But you're going to get, like I said, approximately 400 to 600 points um, out of it. And you're going to get, you know, multiple units and at least a good, you know... Looking at it, like every every combat patrol comes with between four and seven units, so you do have the ability to like get a good foundation for an army, get some characters, get some battle line units, and then you can expand out from there and take it in the direction that you want to take it. Um, you know, because as we mentioned last time, like you know, picking units that you like, building your army is like you know part of the hobby as well, and like if you know, creating a unique force that is made up of the units that you like, that you want to take and how they interact is as big a part of the hobby as how you decide to, you know, paint and how you decide to play your army. So, um, yeah, but combat patrol is a really great place to start. It's a great place to pick up and like, you know, start playing games. If you're brand new or you're unfamiliar with an army, you know, start playing combat patrol games to get a feel for it, um, with a limited roster and then kind of expand out from there. Yeah, and I would say some like like the combat patrols will suit you very well for doubling up. Um, you know, most of them, like you said, Death Guard is like the one very clear exception. But a number of them, it's like you wouldn't want to double up on those. You don't necessarily need two of that character. But I would say, like, I'm just kind of looking at the the listing on the website. If you're doing Corn Demons, the that combat patrol is fantastic for doubling up just because it's going to give you more of the same bodies you're going to run. Custodes one is fantastic because you're an army that still encourage, actively encourages <sighs> kit bashing. I don't know. I'm not fond of the Custodes one just because you won't use the sisters a lot. So you probably only need those two units of five. So a second box would get you. The jet bikes would be good. The guard would be good, but I don't think you need the more yeah. sisters. Fair. Buy, yeah. buy that gray knight ones every day. Oh yeah, yeah. You, the, like, the gray knight one is basically just like the gray knight army. Here you go. Just buy like yep. three of those, and you're done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would say the uh, and some of them it's like double up, but like ditch the character from the second box because um, like. The Eldari one, two Farseers isn't bad, but maybe you want to run an Archon or an Autark. You want to run an Autark instead. Uh, same and thing with like the Drukari. Like maybe you don't need two Archons, but you uh, don't. And with the Farseer, it's better to have like if you, a Farseer and one on jet bike and one walking if you wanted to run two, just because they have different mm -hmm. powers. 
Right, and you get bikes with that, so that'll work very nicely. Um, Voton, if you don't mind making the like, you've got a couple of different builds for the call, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Chaos Space Marines. I don't think you need two Dark Apostles. I wish they had a Chaos Lord in there, but also the Chaos Lord is mono build now anyway. So, yeah. Um, Mechanicus. I would get a having two Engine Seers isn't bad. I would add a third Tech Priest as like an H, you know, for a character. Um, the Orcs two Mega bo- Bosses, Richard. <laughs> well. Currently, right now, like I wouldn't run either of those mega bosses. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, just like for for like his points and just a, a regular war boss is is way better. So like he, I, the the value I think is still there in in boys' bodies and and def Mm-hmm. And and the and the dreadnought like the 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 death dread will you can use you know multiples of those so yeah um let's see uh the space marines one I I would not double up on it you don't need two captains and two librarians and it's such yeah. a low model count va- value any anyway. like that's one where you buy this and one of the other marine boxes for sure yeah. Because I think the benefit with the combat patrol for for space marines is the flexibility that you get between them. I don't know that I would recommend doubling up on any particular one, but if you're interested in building out an ultramarines army, for example, or salamanders or something, picking up combat patrol space marines and combat patrol dark angels is a good idea. Or, you know... Combat Patrol Space Wolves might be a good idea to build the army that you want, even though, yeah, you may not specifically use those bits. Space Marines are generic enough that, yeah. Aggressors have the flamethrower option, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so they're very... Does, for Salamanders, they're stupid good right now. Yeah, exactly. So if you're doing Salamanders, do the... Um, I think Blood Angels have Aggressors, and so do Death yep. Watch. Yeah. So, you know, so... With the with especially with Space Marines, look outside of you know, look at the other Space Marine bundles as well, because I think there is value there and it is incredibly easy. The only one that's slightly more difficult is the uh Black Templars, because there's a lot of like specifics stuff to them. But even then, you now have scout options, so you can u- reutilize the acolytes as scouts, and you know, like one like the Marshall sure will look a little bit weird, but you could you know, robe space marines are a thing for other chapters too. So, yeah, um, <laughs> like that one wouldn't be a bad one to combine with dark angels if you wanted mm-hmm. to kind of go that route. Um, uh, the military astro militarum, like you always need more guard bodies. Like that one is pretty pretty good. Like that's one where it's like I would throw in like a Castellan or you know, like one other character. But that one you could pretty much run, you know, doubled up without any problem. The sisters one, you might not need two canonesses, but otherwise all that stuff doubles up really well, especially since penitent engines can only run in units of two now. So two of the two of that box would actually suit you very well. Gene Sealer Cults, uh, pick up a second character because I don't think you need two magis, and there's lots of characters to choose from. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Two Magus, I'm a little like I haven't really looked at the rules in in a while. I think you can run 
I don't think there is the rule anymore that you can't run more than one Megas. But no, I don't think there's that rule anymore. But I think you would want a second character just for uh, variety's sake. You, they, Gene Sealer cults have so many characters that you are going to want something else. But like having an additional Megas, like just having another, you know, person to do psych psychic stuff, is a good option. Right. So, yeah. And I think, uh, like, I think the rest of the stuff in the Gene Sealer one is fantastic. So, like, it's, that's one of the better bundles, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, World Eaters, that is definitely one you could double up on, because that Lord can also be Lord Invocatus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having, like, you have so few character options in the army, uh, you're, you're, it's perfectly normal to have two on Juggernaut, even if you're not running Lord Invocatus. So, right. Berserkers are good. Jackals are good for objectives. So, like, everything in there is absolutely worth doubling up on. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, and then the rest were, you know, we've, we've discussed Grey Knights. Yes, by three. Um, and then combat. Yeah, the other Marine ones. Yeah, combine that, like, basically mix and match two Marine ones, and that'll give you a good chunk of what you need beyond buying stuff new uh, and also don't forget there you know once you've exhausted the opportunity you know gw and lflgs's um there's also always amazon and other online vendors you can usually get pretty good deals from vendors on amazon i will say be careful because i have seen reports uh of people getting amazon packet like armies off of amazon and like the boxes maybe already been opened and a couple of key models may have been removed for resale so just be aware that can happen i've seen that happen with magic cards too apparently like people like razoring the bot like the individual packs open sliding out you know looking for the rare cards and then carefully putting everything back in and then resealing the box with shrink wrap so it can happen so just be aware you know buyer beware type thing most of the time on Amazon you'll be fine and then don't forget there's nothing wrong with secondhand armies too um whether that is hunting st- for stuff on eBay which eBay you are at the the mercy of whatever people on eBay want to sell their armies for. Uh, beware the words pro-painted because they generally don't mean that. It generally means like my friend paid me five bucks to paint a model for him. So now this is a pro-painted army. Uh, that can sometimes get you what you're looking for. But yeah, it can be it can be expensive on eBay looking for a secondhand army. And you're going to have to deal with shipping. You'll possibly have to deal with repairing an army that you've ordered online uh from ebay or some other source uh also there's facebook groups that you can use to uh you know find people who are are selling stuff or getting rid there's uh the barter bucket is a very common one that has all kinds of gaming like tabletop gaming stuff that people can trade there's often uh regional uh trading groups uh there's one like in our area there's the mocan gaming flea market so if you're in the kansas city area that's one that people will a lot of times like trade gaming stuff on um and any like local warhammer 40k group on facebook cannot uh, will often have people being like hey i'm getting ready to unload this or like i'm, I'm moving to over a different army maybe i'm you know i'm gonna try to sell this one you can sometimes get some very good deals there 
Because a lot of times in those cases, people are just looking to move it. You know, they're not necessarily looking to make a big profit off of it. So you can sometimes find a really good deal there. There's also the Frontline Gaming Secondhand Store, which uh, you are at the uh, at the mercy, in this case, of whatever they are, have gotten in. Uh, but one benefit is they are very good at packing stuff up. We've I've bought stuff from them at LVO a few times, and they their stuff tends to be very carefully packed. Uh, packed up they do show you photos of everything online so you know exactly what the condition of it is when you're going to get it um so uh and they also like for 40k everything will be broken down by like faction so like like if i'm looking to buy i want to buy necrons used okay well the only thing they have they have a necron overlord and again this is the case of they have what they have and it depends on what people sell to them because it's basically a consignment. But if I want to buy, um, for like the Space Marines at their own listing. So if I want to buy Blood Angel stuff, hey, somebody's selling a unit of Sanguinary Guard. Now there's a they're painted badly, and I'm going to have ooh, they're way overpainted. That detail is rough, and they're broken off the base and wings. But at least you know going into it, like this is what it's going to look like when I buy it. But at the same time, that's a box of Sanguinary Guard for 33 bucks, or the equivalent thereof, which is going to be way cheaper than buying it new. You just may have to put in more uh, elbow grease to uh, get it up to a standard that you can actually use it in. Another thing that's kind of nice is a lot of like, so, uh, depending on your area, some friendly local game stores will also do consignment and like sell used models. Uh, Authoria Games here in Phoenix and Baxter's both do that. So if you're looking to offload an army to fund another army, or if you're looking to buy stuff cheap, like they have, you know, a lot of sometimes stores will have models that they sell uh, in store for discounts. So Mm -hmm. keep an eye, keep an eye out for that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, just check your local gaming stores, check your local gaming groups, uh, check eBay. Uh, Just there are places where you can get access to these to models at a reduced price by getting them getting them used. So, you know, shart, shop smart, and you can sometimes get an army. Like, it's still, like, buying a new army is not going to generally be cheap, and inflation has driven up a lot of prices. Combat patrols are $160 now. They were $140 not that long ago. And I remember when the uh, start collecting boxes were 95 yeah, the cost to play, which is an argument towards maybe aiming at a thousand points for a starting point, but again, it depends on what you're going to do. If it's tournament play, you're pretty much going to be looking at two thousand points um, there. But uh, once you have your army purchased, go ahead and build that initial list. You know, when we said like build your list and then the overage, build that initial list. Don't worry about painting it yet. Just get it. If you know, as people will understand, like, hey, I'm building a new army, they shouldn't be jerks about it. Like, don't worry about painting up front. Painting can be a thing you do as you are playing it, you know, like over time. And the reason I say over time is I actually wrote this down in the list like this practice, and the sub points are practice, 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 and practice, practice, practice. Are you talking about painting or playing? Playing. Yes. Also, yes, it will, <laughs> you will practice painting as you do it, but also playing. When I say practice, play the play your army a good half dozen times or so, at least. 
and preferably against different kinds of armies. Don't just play the same game a half, you know, like six times. Play against a variety of players. Play against a variety of armies. You know, maybe, and, and you may be in a situation where the only option you have is like, I've, my friend at, like, we split a Leviathan box and, or we split two Leviathan boxes and we're going to be playing Space Marines versus, uh, Tyranids. And that's what we got. If that's the case, yeah, you're going to end up playing the same armies but even then play different missions play you know mix it up figure out how to play things differently each time and the reason i say that is don't get disheartened like if you don't win your first game or your first couple of games or your first three games even like figure out what you're doing because even if you already know 40k you are going to have to get into the vibe of the army you're playing. You're going to have to figure out what in that army works and what doesn't. And some of that's going to come down to, well, these are the rules for that army. And some of it's going to come down to like your particular play style. How do you approach things? What's your strategy? And you'll figure out like, do I need to adjust my strategy or my strategy is okay, but this particular unit or that particular unit isn't performing. So figure out like what works, what is, what doesn't work, what are the right matchups, like what units are good against what, and what other armies do you do really well against? What armies are you? Do you see that you have weaknesses against? Once you've gotten those games, and that I mean, it might be something you can do in a couple of weekends, like six games. Like six games is a two day tournament, uh, but it can also be like maybe you play a league over a cup like a month and a half, or maybe you play a couple of RTTs tournaments and you play like uh, like three games this week, and in a couple of weeks I'm going to play another three games, and then I'll get to play like some very different armies and figure out like what is and what isn't working, and that's when you just like that overage that you've bought that's when you can like build that up and maybe after you've played those first six games or so then like okay come up with an alternate list using some of the stuff you've got figure out what if those work and that doesn't and just and then repeat the practice step keep practicing play it's so easy to fall into the trap well this didn't work i need to buy something new no don't don't fall into that trap very quickly (laughs) Damn, that's where I made my mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that that is absolutely true. Like, you want to you want to try out units in different, you know, different environments against different opponents, different tactics. Because there's a lot of different ways you can use units. Like this, that's the reason. Like we've talked about this before about like things like one page rules and some of the the other more simple games. What I like about 40k is the complexity. Like there is. You know, units can be good because you use them the right way or against the right opponents or include them with the right support. So, you know, play games, practice, try them in different unit, you know, different scenarios. Run a unit that you know, like, I'll use an example, like my my World Leaders Army. Berserkers are really great at taking out infantry. Run them up against a monster in a game to see what they can do in that scenario. Because there might be a scenario where they're the only thing that can take out you know, uh, uh, Turan effects or something, uh, spoiler, they get annihilated, but like, you want to try that, like try that in some games, do things, make a charge that you wouldn't normally make, shoot at a target you wouldn't normally shoot at in a normal game just to see what happens because experimentation is, and learning your army, that's the only way to do it. And like you learn by playing games and that's, 
another area that I've kind of fallen down on the last couple of years is like, I've not played nearly as much as I would like to over the last, when did I move? Six years. Um, You've played six games, right? I've not played more than that. But like, but like, that's like, I played in the local escalation league, like right at the start of 10th, because I'm like, I want to force myself to get more games in. Um, And like, that's how you learn. Like you learn so much about an army and an addition when you just play consistently. And it doesn't have to be, you know, playing in tournaments every month. It can be just, you know, pickup game once a week, every other week, just that constant, like get in the habit of doing it, playing these games, getting familiar with your army, learning your army, experimenting with it. And I think you'll be able to get what you want out of it. Um, but you just have to it's just practice, you know, it's, it's play games, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And you will lose. You will lose games. You will probably lose a, at least half of those games. I played two full editions before I won a game with my towel. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the the remainder of fourth when I bought in and all of fifth. And I did not win a game until they cha- radically changed the shooting rules at the beginning of sixth. And also Richard's orcs ran straight at me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what they do, though. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but and yeah that's like what you, i learned what overwatch was exactly <laughs> what let's try out this overwatch new overwatch new. thing what does it do <laughs> it what does it do orcs. oh it real bad for orcs <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's but but that's the thing is like you learn that's how you learn new elements of the game or new tricks or new tips it's like well what if i put this unit in the scenario what if I put them in the scenario with the support unit? What if I put them, you know, and that's, that's like I said, that's why I love and enjoy this game because there is so much com- tactical complexity um, to how to use a unit that, yeah, just there's a lot that you, you're constantly uncovering new things and new ways to use your tools. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, rep- like I said, repeat that practice step, even when you've changed out your, your, you know, some units from your, your extra overage. And don't buy more until you are really ready to expand further. Like, once you've gotten a, a good number of games under your belt, that's when you can look at, okay, so I need to, you know, either, okay, I want to try out this new unit either because, all right, this it just looks cool and I don't have it in my list yet. Or this unit I picked up and I've really tried to make this work and it's it's just not gelling for me. Maybe it's time I tried something that isn't in my list. And then I would say from that point, go for a more piecemeal approach. Buy the stuff you need as you need it. Slot it into your list. And then we'll go back to that practice, practice, practice step. Because it's going to take you a while to adjust your strategy and figure out. And also, like, maybe you end up playing against somebody who's playing the same kind of army you are, like the same faction, but they're doing something very different. That's a perfect opportunity to uh, look at their list, see how they're playing it, maybe chat them up later and say, like, okay, so, like, I've been trying to make this work and this one's not working for me and see if they have any experience with it. Like, oh, yeah, well, you can do that, but you got to mix it with, like, this character. Or, hey, maybe you're being too aggressive with it or not aggressive enough with it to really get to work. Uh, but you don't find that out until you get out there and play it. But don't immediately, like, buy up all the things or it's like, I'm going to buy the rest of the codex that I didn't didn't buy the first time. I'm going to buy a completely different list. Uh, don't That's don't what do I did that. Wrong. 
Uh, it is, it's, it's so applicable in so many places. I don't know. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. No, we have done, and so we will now tell you not to do the things that we have done. We have, Theoretically, one should learn from one's mistakes. Yeah, in theory. In theory. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, is this a guide to get you to the perfect army that will win every time? No, this is a guide to, get, like, a path to get through, you know, get into a new army. And again, this, you know, adjust this as necessary. Again, it's like if you are playing with just you and your friends, practice might not be as critical, but you still want, like, you still want to practice and not just jump in and buy more stuff because you can. But that's a case where maybe having the perf, you know, having a unit that underperforms is fine. And maybe having the unit that underperforms is fine because that's the one you took because you think it's cool and you don't want to get rid of it. And that is also perfectly fine. We are not telling you, hey, if a unit is underperforming, ditch it. It's maybe, well, it's underperforming, but if I swap in these two other units from my overage, maybe that's the piece that unlocks the coolness in this. Or maybe it's just like, nah, I'm I'm not getting rid of this guy because he's just too cool looking. I want to have him in the army and I'll figure out how to make it work eventually. This is not gospel. This is this is just kind of uh guidelines really a strategy to to picking an army and how to avoid some i think what we feel are common pitfalls that people sometimes make with with army selection with with picking up a new army and and uh trying to get into it and then trying to catch those pitfalls so people don't get like so disappointed that they just rage quit cuz as much as i railed against gw at the beginning of the show for some of their, you know, modeling and rules choices. I do really enjoy the game and I want more people to enjoy the game. And so I think if people go about getting into the game with a sense of what they're trying to do and, you know, a way a strategy so that they both don't end up over their heads but also don't end up like feeling underwhelmed and disappointed because, well, the one thing I tried didn't work. Like there's a middle path to that you can navigate and get, I, I think maximize your enjoyment in the game. And so that's, I, I would hope that the advice we have given here today will help you figure out that path and what works for you and what, and, and help you realize like what you are going for. The funny thing is, for me, I have been mostly looking at Age of Sigmar stuff. I've been mostly, <laughs> I mean, I and but I'm also this is the path I'm I'm working on. Like for Age of Sigmar, is I have a number of Age of Sigmar armies. I've been finishing up painting my Nurgle demons, which fortunately they can do double duty. But I've got like a Daughters of Cain army, and that's kind of what I did. I have a couple of kits that I haven't put together yet, but for the most part. I figured out, like, okay, this is the list I want to make from the things I have. And I wanted to pick up a couple of big units. Like, so, like, I have Marathi, and I, you know, I, yeah, I painted her up a few years ago, but it's like, after she, like, right after she came out, or I bought her and then I painted her like a year or two later because painting that model, building and painting that model was terrifying, but I'm really happy with how she turned out. But now I'm kind of doing the same thing with um, Hedonists of Slanesh. And I'm like, well, the, the demon part of that I can also use with my Emperor's Children in 40K. And so that that kind of does some double duty. 
But I was able to, like, I was looking over it, and I had some trade credit from selling off some magic cards, and I was like, and this was about uh, several months ago, but they had one of their holiday bundles at one of our local game stores. And so I looked at it and I'm like, okay, so can I figure out a list to build with it that would use some of the chaos demons I already have? And that box plus like one other character, one or two other characters with what I already had basically got me to around a 2000 point list. So I was like, okay, I can actually make this work. And so that is my plan. It's like, there are other things I could buy. There are other characters I could buy. But until I get that list built and until I play around with it, that's kind of the strategy I'm taking. And fortunately, with GW kind of unifying how they do points between the two games, the, the strategy is very similar. And I think that is one nice thing. As much as granular points have some definite balance benefits, it does make it easier to kind of spitball a list and say like, okay, yeah, this this will work. I can make this work. And it is more accessible to new players because for Age of Sigmar, I am a very new player. But uh, so it's the same kind of strategy that I'm following here. Like I found a good bundle. I put I kind of planned out things. And now I've been painting up some of my older uh, Warhammer's Underworlds warbands. And I just painted up a Vampire's one. And I'm like, I wonder if I could put together a Soulblight Gravelord's list. And I shouldn't do this because I don't need to buy another army that I haven't built yet. Because I also have a problem, as do we all. But I'm kind of looking at the, all right, so... Uh, where can I get started with this? What would be a good starting point? Could I build with what I've got and get like a thousand point list together and kind of start from there? Um, a YouTube channel I want to highly recommend, and this applies for both Age of Sigmar and 40k and also Warcry and I think Kill Team as well and Horus Heresy. He's starting to do Horus Heresy. Is Cinderfall Gaming. He's a guy from Australia who does a lot of start collecting this army. And he will talk about, like, if you start with, like, this purchase, and, like, he usually aims it to about a thousand-point list. It depends on the game. Because, uh, like, Horus Heresy, I think he goes a bit higher. But it's like, hey, if you want to get into this game, and he's done one for, like, all the different Tyranid uh, detachments, and he's doing one or has done one for all the Space Marine detachments now. Uh, but basically, it's like, hey, if you want to build this style of list, here's like the purchases you can go for, and then here's where you can go from there and like kind of expand on it. And then he'll give you a sample list at the end. They're very easy videos to follow. He does like he'll screenshot, like he'll have the list printed out at the end of the video. So you can just like screenshot it and go from there. So I will link to his channel in the show notes, but uh, it's a very good channel. If you are interested in getting into the game and he covers some, he covers non GW games too, but Cinderfall gaming, he's got some just great stuff. He does do, he's got some uh, battle reports, generally a like age of Sigmar stuff. But uh, yeah, if you are looking to get into a game and kind of want to get somebody else's take on like, this is where you can start. And his uh, like the things you need to buy with a strategy of like, this is what you can get out of buying these particular units and kind of talking through it. That's a really good one to go for. So I'll link to him in the show notes as well. So again, it's just coming in with a strategy. Do This is like the, like this is right here. You've picked an army, you know what the aesthetics are. 
uh, area. You know, like what you want to play. And then this is like the doing your research and helping you make a plan complete with a list of things to buy. So, and consider he's in Australia. Everything's more expensive there. So, you know, right. you know <laughs> but like he also tries to take advantage of those bundles. Like if a new box comes up that is a like a holiday or like a holiday bundle or new combat patrol or something like that, he'll do a video. It's like this is how you can build an army using this as a starting point. So highly recommended that you check it out. And it'll kind of, I wouldn't say he follows this strategy because I threw this together this morning <laughs> before we started recording. But it's all stuff we've talked about before. And I think this is just revising and, and clarifying what we've talked about before. And I do think 10th edition also has the benefit of there's no force org chart. So you don't have to feel constrained of I have to take this unit or I can't build a legal list. I think that is one of the very good things about this edition is that you have a lot more freedom to build the list you want to build. Uh, don't feel like you there are any things that are like must takes unless it's like the only option for a thing, which like, again, World Eaters, Photon, even Thousand Suns have that to to an extent where it's like, yeah, you don't have any other options. You're going to take these. So. But anyway, I just thought this would be a, you know, with the first two codexes out and there's another like five, I think, or no, seven, I think, because we've got uh, Mechanicus and Necron coming this winter. And then I think it's like Custodes, Dark Angels, Tau, Chaos Space Marines. And I want to say there's one more in there. Uh, Orcs. So we get Dark Angels, Orcs, Custodes, Tau, and Chaos Space Marines coming at the beginning you know, in spring. So this is basically will get us through, I think until next June. So, you know, with all the, with these books coming out, it's like you may, and especially if one of, if you are looking at one of these, like, let's say oh, I'm thinking about buying Tau, I would probably hold off on starting a Tau army unless you really, really want to right now. Um, you might want to hold off in, on starting one of these armies until their book comes out. Because that will change up what you build. Because like there will be new detachment types, and that will change up what you pick. Because like a Space Marines detachments absolutely change up what units you're going to take in those lists. So, um, I I would hold off on some of these. Now, something like Chaos Space Marines that's probably not going to be until June or May. So, Tau and Chaos Space Marines you can probably go ahead and start on. Uh, Mechanicus and Necrons wait until their books come out because you're probably only going to be waiting a month or two. Um, yeah, I I think if if you are really interested in in them, like the safe place to start would be maybe just a toe dip and like get one of the battle line units mm-hmm. and like a, that's, and that's like gonna be fine yeah. a character and like just start with literally just those two kits. And, and like put them together and paint them to and just kind of see how you like them. Right. Um, if you're interested in making a slightly bigger dip, uh, go ahead and start the con- like see if you can get some combat patrol play in your area um, because those rules are unlikely to change. Like, and it will give you a feel for the army's core mechanics. Although Dennis, you said combat patrols really been kind of drawing up in your area. Yeah, which which doesn't surprise me because the edition came out. It felt like everyone was using it as a springboard to kind of learn the rules, learn the game. 
and it's been a few months now and yeah i've seen our local combat patrol um event kind of dry up where yesterday it was just me and one other person the person was brand new to 40k that was his first game ever and he ended up walking away with a combat patrol afterwards and that was only helpful because the to there brings a bunch of combat patrol armies pre put together and painted so it's really easy to teach people that way Um, but i think the initial influx of interest in new people is starting to to wane so, yeah, if you're going into a combat patrol, that might be something like you and a friend pick up and just play a few times. In the meantime, if you want, want to dip, especially into one of these armies that is coming out very soon. But, uh, but like, if you really want to get into them, don't let that. I'd say the two I would definitely hold off on are Mechanicus and Necrons. Because, like I said, you won't be waiting that long. And you can probably plot out a, a basic list right now. Because also... Whatever the so far, we have not seen that the core detach like the detachments that were in the index have changed in any meaningful way, uh, at least in Tyranids and Space Marines. So we're two for two. So the core one in Mechanicus, which is hot garbage, and I apologize, even though I didn't have anything to do with it, but it is bad, and I feel bad for you if you have to use it, but it's what you got. Or Necrons. Necrons is fine. Uh, it encourages you to play character heavy. Like, you can definitely start with those, but uh, I would still probably wait until those books are out just to have a better sense of it. I'll say my slight counter is if one of those factions interests you, you could just go ahead and pick up that combat patrol because that's the core units of the army and they're still going to be decent and or needed. This is true. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, you won't be. You won't generally feel bad about having those particular those particular units. But anyway, I think that pretty much covers everything we wanted to talk about on uh, getting started on a new army here in 2023. Any other last tips to people? No, I guess I'd say having done all the different styles of just kind of falling into them, planning them out, or just seeing cool models you want to get on a new army that comes out planning seem will probably be the best for the long term of keeping it down so yeah i would say that's probably the best steps to take to kind of ease your way into the hobby because it's 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 an expensive one so it's easier when you go for slow and steady long haul yeah yeah for sure yeah that way you also like just have time to you know to build up your things, build your army, paint it if you decide you want to do that first. Yes, so and, much better yeah. to do that than th- keep it in a garage, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I moved multiple times this year, so that's my excuse. Excuse, yeah. <laughs> I got a bunch of new models because Games Workshop sends us stuff. So I came up with a new paint scheme and I'm trying different detachments out of the new codex. And so that's kind of like starting a new army, even though I already had the army. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing is technically you could have, you could be starting a new variation on an army you already have that requires you to not exactly start completely from scratch, but you might be going in a very different direction, in which case, yeah, you're, kind of doing the same thing already just you at least picked out the faction ahead of time (laughs) but yep all right well i think that will wrap up episode 288 episode 300 is creeping up on us faster and faster but uh yeah 
I don't have any special plans at this point, but oh, we should make cool. something special. Oh, we should, we should do, do something, something special. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 300, and that'll be hitting, like, we'll have been doing this for, like, 12 years, I think, by the time that hits. Because I think we hit 12 years in April. Cool. So, yeah. But until our next episode, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. Uh, good night, good gaming, and yeah, if you're going for a new army, find a plan, stick with it. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. Their professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a GameMat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, And when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding G-board portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve.